Next on BYU Sports Nation, has National Championship Monday presented a potential Final Four in the BYU basketball coaching search? BYU hasn't been, but could it be a stepping stone spot, and are we okay with that? Plus, a performance of the year nominee from a rising BYU baseball star. How do a Grand Slam and nine RBI stack up? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, back to work on a Monday, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy April 8th. It is a national championship Monday, my friend. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with a man who nearly picked Texas Tech and Virginia in the College Hoops final, Jerem Jordan. I think I had Duke Gonzaga, which was pretty, you know, just top-line stuff there. Uh, defensive matchup tonight, over under 118 or something, you know. Uh, Virginia is the luckiest team ever as well. They've had multiple games where they had to make a crazy play or got a break down the stretch, got away with the double dribble, and had a foul called uh, with .6 left. Now, what's amazing about this is Virginia becomes the first number one seed to lose to a 16 one season ago, and now they're in position to win a national championship the very next year. Probably fueled what happened here. The BYU connection, by the way, with Virginia, obviously Bronco Mendenhall, but Tony Bennett's head coach. He was at Washington State and nearly got Chris and Kyle Collinsworth to go up there. They loved Tony Bennett. Tony Bennett, very likable character. Still oh, absolutely. communicates with the family. Of course, there are several Texas Tech fans, Jerem, that are polling for the Red Raiders tonight. Guns up. Um, I think all of them are, right? Well, yeah. I'm saying there, there are facetiously a million Texas Tech fans across the country, which I don't think there are. I think outside of Lubbock, it's hard to find a Texas Tech fan. <laughs> It's Mike Leach, the former head coach, going for it. He's a there's, Washington State. There's the BYU connection to Texas Tech. Oh, good. He's probably not a fan of Texas Tech, given how uh, unceremoniously he was out there. Amen to that. Here's today's show lineup. Speaking of national champions, Blaine Fowler, dual threat analyst, will join us. What's number one on his priority list for the BYU head basketball coach that will replace Dave Rose? And Jeremy and I take on a head coaching candidate role play. That in about 40 minutes. We now present today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. On to the football beat. Sione Takitaki ranked 109th on the Pro Football Focus Top 250 Big Board for the NFL Draft. Zach Hicks of the DraftWire reports Takitaki has scheduled visits with the Miami Dolphins and Los Angeles Rams of St. Louis. 24th-ranked Batcats lost 6-5 in 10 innings Friday, then won 17-4 Saturday at San Diego. Jackson Clough was a perfect 4-for-4 four four at the plate with a grand slam and nine RBIs. Mm. Nine. Mm-hmm. Finished a triple short of the cycle. Clough was just named a Collegiate Baseball National Player of the Week. Cougars host Utah tomorrow, 8 Eastern on BYU TV Digital. That's the app and BYUtv.org. And BYU Radio. Grudge match. BYU softball won both games of a West Coast Conference doubleheader against LMU on Saturday to win the series. They dropped the game on Friday. Taylor Williams leading the Cougars with three runs batted in in two games. The Cougars take on Utah State tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern. And the Cougarettes took home the Division 1A National Championship at the NDA Collegiate Dance and Cheer Championships in both jazz and hip-hop. Cougarettes have won 19 national titles since 1997. Most dominant team on campus by far. 
They are the Alabama of collegiate dance Alabama teams. wishes they were the Cougarettes, Spencer. <laughs> All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The final four coaching candidates. BYU SB Nation blog vanquished the foe, reporting that it's down to the following four men to replace Dave Rose as the head basketball coach at BYU. Mark Pope current head basketball coach at Utah Valley University. Mark Madsen, who's been a longtime assistant with the L.A. Lakers, almost a decade on three different staffs. Quincy Lewis, the interim head basketball coach at BYU right now and assistant to Dave Rose, and Barrett Peary, the head coach at Portland State. Jeremy, if these are the final four candidates for the BYU head basketball coaching job, what is your reaction? It's a good group, and all have been successful in whatever capacity they've been in at various levels. I think all four of those guys could be successful head coaches potentially at BYU. They would be met with a different response, though. I think the two that make a splash with the fan base the most would be Mark Madsen, uh, and and then I think Mark Pope, based on kind of his personality. Barrett Pira, I don't think that people know him as well. And, of course, Quincy Lewis has been here and is waiting for his opportunity at the next level. Um, specifically, all have been head coaches at some level. Quincy Lewis is the only one looking for his first collegiate opportunity. Alex Jensen didn't seem like a legit candidate, in my opinion, and he's not on this list of four by Vanquish the Foe. Because he's too high up on the ladder in the NBA at this point, I, I think... Maybe this is something that's a little beyond him at the moment. He could be a head coach in the NBA. Perhaps he waits for that opportunity. He's on a different path. Yeah. So I, I like this group before. Alex Jensen's maybe the only one that I was hoping would be in that group, but I understand why he is not. Yeah. I never really gave vested interest into, not interest, but vested credibility into the whole Alex Jensen thing just because of how far advanced he is in the NBA game. When you're the G League coach of the year, like you're going to have opportunities at the highest level. So, I mean, to his credit, he talks with BYU, he listens to BYU, but he seems like he's on a different path. Now, as far as the four candidates that are being reported by Vanquish the Foe, they're all a stark contrast from the past. I mean, there are some experienced dudes. Like, look at what BYU has hired in the past. Liddell Anderson came from Utah State, so that was a Division One to Division One jump back in the 80s. But after that, Roger Reed, okay, Really off the radar guy. Uh, following that, Steve Cleveland, who came from Fresno City College, a JUCO guy that nobody in the BYU community knew much about. And then Dave Rose, who was a primarily junior college head coach and a guy that Steve Cleveland brought with him. He was an assistant, and I don't, I don't know that BYU fans were like, yes, Dave Rose! Knowing what we know now, we should have probably been that way. But, but at the time, we didn't. So that was a natural reaction? This is a stark contrast from the past because we're talking about guys that are notable in the coaching community. And in terms of Mark, I, in terms of Mark Pope, he, he's a guy that seems like a home run hire. Mark Madsen comes from the NBA. And Barrett Peary is a guy that has multiple years' experience coaching at the Division I level. This is, just, this is just a change from what we're used to. Yeah, I think Quincy fits into the, the old guard. I think he'd be more similar to those guys. Mark Matson would make a splash because he was a guy at Stanford. We know him for the goofy dancing in the quattro, quattro speech, right? But he's been a legit guy in the NBA player development. He's not a first-row NBA assistant coach. He's a second-row. But, but this could be a, a big opportunity, and I think that – be exciting for the fan base. Mark Pope and Barrett Peary haven't 
won beyond you know 60% of their games at their schools the last two and four years, respectively. But I think those guys know what they're doing, and I'd be excited by any and We're of talking four, about I a think. guy that has an idea of what it's really going to take and be able to handle it from day one. Mark Pope is clearly the leader in the clubhouse. Yeah, and he hasn't made the NCAA tournament. Like, these guys haven't made a national splash, but they're LDS and they're head coaches, so naturally they're fits, and I think they could do a good job here. How long do you expect the next BYU head coach to stay at BYU? It one million percent depends on the guy. If we're talking about a guy like Mark Pope, who has offers from other places, and now reports are surfacing that Nevada is very interested in bringing Mark po- Mark Pope over, and there are probably a dozen other schools that we don't know about that a are dozen? interested in that's Mark Pope. Okay, maybe that's an exaggeration, but the point is he is a hot commodity in the coaching world. And with Final Four weekend having come and gone, maybe he's on a few more radars. I, I don't know. But with a guy like him, I'm expecting maybe one contract, maybe a three- to five-year situation. And then if he wins, then he leverages that into something else. And BYU fans don't want to hear that. No, this is not a stepping stone program school. Look, coaching is more volatile than ever. It doesn't matter where you go. It doesn't matter unless you're – John Calipari at Kentucky, lifetime well, contracts trust me, aren't if happening. If he stinks for two years, then he's he go. Out. Yeah, he go. No, it's it's so volatile. It's performance based. It's not. We like you. It's whether you win or not. It's a new age. It's totally different from even fifteen years ago. Okay, the rest of the guys on the Final Four: Mark Madsen, Barrett Peary, Quincy Lewis. I would expect that they would stay at least five years. Probably more like 10. I see all three of those guys as being long-term guys at BYU. Mark Pope is the only one just because of all of the different interests that we've seen from all over the country already that I think, okay, he, he could be a three- to five-year guy at BYU. But if that's the case, then they won, and it was awesome most likely, right? Either that or he was terrible, but then he probably wouldn't have interest to go other places. Right, not as a head coach. This isn't a calling. It's You're not named a general authority, and then you're the coach until you die. I think we mix – church and basketball or church and sports a little too much. Not everybody's Lavelle Edwards. In fact, there will never be another Lavelle Edwards here in any sport. Like, they, those people are amazing, okay? This is a basketball team. It's amateur athletics. We're here to win. And if sports isn't the thing, they cut it. Ask BYU-Idaho and BYU-Hawaii, right? So you got to come here and you got to win. I think culturally this is a unique place and to some a very special place where you want to stay for a long time. But certain people have certain names. Only one of those four candidates is a kind of BYU. Well, all four didn't play at BYU. This wasn't home first, right? It can become that. But this isn't a thing where they want to be here forever. But they all have a connection, a significant connection to BYU, right? All of them. Just because they're LDS or members of the church? That's kind of it for Mark Madsen, right? Well, no. Quincy Lewis has coached at BYU. Mark Pope has coached at BYU. Right. Yeah, okay, but, so but, Barry but they Perry grew up in the shadow of BYU. It was a job for them. It wasn't, like, where they went to school. So I, I wouldn't blame any of these guys if it became a stepping stone. That's fine. That means you won. Are, is anyone angry Austin Colley didn't play a senior year here? I'm sure there's somebody It was there. awesome because his junior year was awesome. Like, that's <laughs> fine. That's fine. I'm sure there's someone out there. Yeah, if he would have stayed at BYU in a national championship. 11-2 and two was just fine in 9 without him. Could have been 12 and 1. Maybe. He had quite a few incredible <laughs> single game performances. Which takes us to this. Jackson Clough of BYU Baseball enjoyed an incredible Saturday. Four for four from the plate, nine runs batted in. Oh, 
and a grand slam. Which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Jackson Clough's nine RBI on Saturday is actually too short of the BYU single-game RBI record of 11. When I saw nine, I thought, oh, man, that's got to be a record. That's incredible. Too shy. It is college baseball, and uh, I guess aluminum bats. A lot of games. There was a lot of aluminum abuse happening uh, not too long ago. Aluminium. Yes. Jeremy's Jackson Clough's game, the best single-game performance of the athletic calendar year by a Cougar. It was awesome, but it's not. It's Ronnie Jones-Perry. Women's volleyball, elite eight. You're such a Copper Hills homer. Let me remind you. No, I'm a stats homer. 25 (laughs) kills in three sets. Are you kidding me? In three sets in the biggest match of the year, the elite eight at home, five seed Texas, 25 kills in three sets. That was the best single game performance. Jackson Clough has come onto the scene. We met him a few weeks ago in studio. He's awesome. Fresh off a mission, incredible. But that was a heck of a performance. That's the one for me. Yeah, Ronnie Jones-Perry, basically anything that you pick from her, whether it be a single-game performance, and I mean, we, we picked her as the athlete of the year for BYU Sports Nation, for crying out loud. Yeah, it, it, it's hard to go wrong with that. But in terms of just like, whoa, like star power, open your eyes, incredible stat line, one single game, it's got to be Zach Wilson. I mean, no BYU quarterback's ever thrown a perfect game and he did it in the bowl game as a true freshman 18 for 18 317 yards four touchdown passes i know it was against western michigan i don't care who it's against. no it was awesome it's unbelievable to go 18 for 18 against another bowl team the funny thing is i had a conversation with zach at byu's pro day uh a week ago last friday and he said that wasn't even my best game that I've ever played. And I thought, what are you talking about? It was 18 for 18. He said, I made a couple of reads that were just terrible. Like one of them on a touchdown pass to Dylan Colley where he got his feet in the end zone at the corner. He's like, Matt Bushman was wide open, and I didn't even look at him. And then he said, one time I should have kept the ball, but I held it. Or sorry, I should have handed off the ball, and it would have gone for a touchdown to our running back, but I held on to it and then threw an incomplete pass only to get bailed out by a pass interference call. So yeah, like, that's the thing in football. You can have some uh, negativity negated by a penalty on the other team, right? So, so it's funny. Like He probably would say, no, that's not the most. But I, I look at that stat line and just think, okay, 18 for 18. No BYU quarterback's ever done that. Runner-up for me, Brenna Chase. Seven three-pointers in the West Coast Conference Tournament Championship game for BYU women's basketball to beat Gonzaga a third time. She was amazing late in the season. Other notable, Squally Canada against Wisconsin. 118 yards. Outrushed uh, Jonathan Taylor. Okay, uh, Yoli Childs, 31 points and 11 rebounds against Utah, including that dunk. T.J. Haas against San Diego, 35 points in an overtime win. Gabby Garcia-Fernandez had 31 kills against uh, Concordia. Shaley Gonzalez in yes. the NCAA tournament, 32. And then Peter Quest shot 13 under at the St. Mary's Invitational, shot a 61 in That's round dumb. one. That's dumb. I mean, it, the 61 in round one, you could argue, is the best thing. Incredible. Yeah, I think I think what tip the scales for me is what kind of game did you do it in? You brought up the Elite Eight, Brenna Chase in the West Coast Conference Tournament Championship, and then Zach Wilson in the bowl game. In the potato hey, bowl. It's a, it's a bowl game. It's a bowl game. <laughs> there are not a lot of bowl games, so it's very special. <laughs> BYU didn't go to a bowl game the previous because season. Because they suck. They didn't go to a bowl game it's the previous season. It's not hard to make season. a bowl game. 
Well, you have to be exactly mediocre or better. Hey. What? It's not hard. They, they, they didn't do it in 2017. Okay. Because they were terrible. <laughs> Still, they didn't do it. It's crazy. How would you best explain your level of excitement over the reported Final Four BYU basketball coaching candidates? That is our question of the day. They're hoping to see some performances of the year, whoever it is that takes over. Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Ryben3 tweets in, rated by a level of excitement, Pope, Madsen, Peary, Lewis. I feel like some new blood and a solid recruiter is what BYU needs. I will say that reading Peary's tweets, rather, have me more excited about him than before. I think that Quincy Lewis would be in a better spot, but I think his timing's a little bad given who else is available at the moment. Like, if Quincy Lewis was in Dave Rose's shoes following Steve Cleveland, I think he would be more of uh, a, a guy in there. I don't think Quincy's getting a job, per se. But I think the timing's maybe just a little off. Timing matters. It's almost no everything. question. And I think Quincy Lewis would be a fantastic basketball coach at BYU. Like I think that if he was given the reins and put in charge one hundred percent, I do too. He would. He's a stickler, man. He's a lot different than Dave. Yeah, and I think the other three's resumes kind of pop a little more. So it it all it always depends I, who you're I going up against. I think he would be too. a fantastic yeah. coach. I really do. Coming up, the candidates for the BYU coaching job sell themselves. And Blaine Fowler joins us next in studio. National Championship Monday. What's he looking for on the next BYU head basketball coach? It's at the top of his list. This is BYU Sports Nation. Swag. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The 22-8 BYU baseball team is home for a matchup with Utah tomorrow night. Watch or listen at 8 Eastern on BYU TV Digital or BYU Radio. Live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Listen to BYUSN On Demand by downloading the BYU Sports Nation podcast. Watch it at BYUSN.com. Our question of the day. How would you best explain your level of excitement over the reported Final Four BYU basketball coaching candidates? Hashtag BYUSN. Kevin Reeder answers on Facebook. I'm grateful for anyone both qualified for and willing to take up the mantle associated with coaching BYU's major sports. The mantle. This sounds like a calling. It's not. But there's the more mantle? to it. There's more to it. There really is. Not only are the expectations of the fan base on par with blue blood basketball and football schools, but the self-imposed limitations based on player morale and educational standards or sorry, player moral and educational standards make achieving success that much more difficult. Hats off to all who even consider doing the job. It's certainly unique, and, and BYU wants to be unique and wants to be different. That's part of our identity, not only as a school, but as a religion, right? Hey, we're going we're gonna to do it a little differently, yet we're still going to be competitive. And I think BYU has shown over a long period of time that that, that that can be balanced and it can be done. The last four years, not as much. But that's the hope, is that moving forward, that can be... Uh, figured out, and that this can be like it was before. Yes, it's not a calling, but there are only select head coaching jobs in the country where you have to meet with the brass or leadership of a church, okay? Right. No, I get it, but we don't all raise our hands and... uh, No, no, we don't, but it's more than just BYU basketball. It's you're representing things that... Right are not basketball. What I mean by a calling is, I, I'm not saying it's not bigger yeah. than a coaching job. What I mean is that 
It's not going to be a thing that you do until you die. You're not a general authority. You're a coach. If you stink, you're gone. Like, it's different. If, there's no general authority that struggles and then is released. You know what I mean? <laughs> well. <laughs> you could break the rules and be released. Yes. But I mean, like, on, like oh, your talks weren't good enough. You're gone. That's yeah, not how it works. It's different. Uh, a man who probably will be doing broadcasting and other things until uh, the day he's ready to turn over is Blaine Fowler, national champion quarterback, dual threat analyst. Uncle B, you've been at it this for three decades, so why stop now, man? You're, yeah, you're keep the, going. You've been at the top of your game for a long time. Keep going, keep going. Except for, I don't know, maybe one of these days I'll stop flying to the East Coast every week for basketball. I, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, covering the A-10. Yeah. Go on some more vacations, man. You've earned that. That, that I might back off from at some point. But okay. other than that, no, let's just keep doing this. You're a national champion. It's National Championship Monday for college basketball. Texas Tech or Virginia? Who you got, Blaine? And, and my original picks, I had Virginia in the Final Four. That's the only team that's even in the Final Four that I had in the Final Four. <laughs> so I'm going ha- to have to say Virginia, but... Isn't it interesting? I don't think this has happened in a long time. The two best defensive teams in the country are in the championship game. So maybe defense does win championships. It could be a 56-54 game. I think that's more true in football than it is in basketball. Well, Virginia's been lucky. Yeah. Oh, all, but, hey, like Their defense has been good. They've been lucky. You have to be lucky to get to this point. You have to be really good and lucky. And, uh, no, I, it could be a 50-50. You know, I'm, I'm not saying 50-50 anybody could win. 50-50 to 50 could be the score yes. going into the final shot tonight, yes. right? That's, that's how good these, the, these two defenses are. And interesting that – and you know what? It, in the bottom of my heart, I root a little bit for Texas Tech because nobody expected them to be there. And when you're that big of an underdog all the way up through, these guys have just been grinding and playing. and it's So they've been, they've been kind of fun. I'm going to pick Virginia because I think they've been playing with a chip on their shoulder ever since they got eliminated in the first round last year. And, and that chip has gotten them over, and they got a little bit lucky, like you have to be, um, and, and they're in this thing. So I'm taking Virginia tonight, but I'm not going to be sad if, if, if Tech wins this thing. Yeah, they're a top-12 seeded team. They're three seed so yeah. they're good yeah. they're good man. Yeah, but you don't they're expect good. a three seed to be in the championship game so now it kind of reminds me of when utah as a three seed yeah. got to the national championship game against the blue blood in 1998 an 11 seed got to Kentucky. the final four last year yeah, crazy yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's no i know fun, right? i know it is fun that's what I, that's what's fun about this whole tournament okay vanquish the foe reports that the list for the men's basketball coaching candidacy is down to four pope peary madsen and lewis what do you think of these four I, I love it. Here's the thing. If, no matter how you rank them in your own mind, the beauty of this is if your fourth choice, if you were ranking them, got the job, BYU would be in good hands. Yes. I, I, I know all four of these guys very well, and they all bring different strengths to this thing, and every one of them can be successful here. That, that's what I'm excited about. When, when we talk about replacing a football coach, it's like, man, who's on the list? Right? There, it, you don't, there's not that many out there that would be willing to come and do it. In basketball, the fact that there's four that would be qualified, that would meet the, the institution standards that are that good, that's, it's, to me, that's a really good thing. Now, the case of Quincy Lewis is interesting because people want change. They want freshness. They want something new in there. But Steve Cleveland left, and one of his assistants took over, and it just so happened to be Dave Rose. So I kind of feel like they're – it's almost unfair on Quincy that oh he comes from a staff they only won night they only won nineteen games last year right are you serious <laughs> I think the timing's poor for Quincy a little but bit. I, yeah it, it feels it, like it's that. hard yeah. it yeah. feels hard. like that yeah. and and you're right I think that that disadvantages Quincy I I think he's a very good X's and O's guy you know we get a chance to go to to uh, shoot arounds day of game all the time Quincy when it's his scout you watch him and you you can't say nothing would change when when Cleve left um, they were very defensive minded 
type of a program. Steve was really big about defense. And, you know, and offense was important too. But when Dave took over, his take was, no, I'm more about offense. So stylistically, they changed so when they went from Steve Cleveland to Dave Rose. And, and all Dave does, and you know, I haven't had a chance to say anything on the air. I tweeted out some things. But what Dave Rose did was remarkable at BYU. To, to the winning streak and the streak of 20 wins is not an easy thing to do. They ran into some struggles in the last couple of years, and whoever takes this thing over has to figure out how to deal with this. Hey, I'm going out even though I'm not an NBA guy early. That doesn't happen anyplace else in the country on a regular basis like this. Three years in a row, guys going out that aren't NBA guys to go play in Europe. San Diego in that tournament game against BYU started four seniors, a couple of which that are G League or European guys that didn't go out early, right? And so the new coach has to figure out how to do And I think they're going to have to go back into tapping into the JC game to fill those voids. They're going to maybe have to look at some grad transfers that can fill those voids. One of these coach gets, us, gets a lot of transfers a lot. Yeah. His and name's so Mark You're talking Pope. about Mark Pope. So, yeah. so Mark's advantage is I think Mark's a good X's and O's guy. He's got instant credibility because of his history, his playing history, and where he's been. Um, he knows BYU because he was an assistant coach here, so he knows what makes it work. And I think he really understands the transfer and JC game well. He's got all that going for him, and he's a really hot name right now for a lot of jobs. But it, but in the end, so Mark's oldest daughter um, is going to go off to Ohio, and she just graduates, and she's going off to Ohio to play basketball. Mark's youngest is in fourth grade, so I think that weighs a lot in, on Mark's mind. Like, hey, do you want to go take this job at I, wherever, right? Or do you, you want to move st- to Reno, or do you want to stay here, and and maybe not make ridiculous crazy money like you would but very good money here and not uproot your family i think that means a lot to mark pope so 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 he's he's good there mark madsen who's a good friend um he has a he lived he has a house right around the corner he and hannah want to get home and 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 i i what's, think what's home for him i think well he grew up in california yeah, but in but but his mom and dad live right here in the river bottoms mm-hmm. um they'd love to have him home hannah's from here um they'd like to settle down here and hey, there's a reason that mark was mark madsen has stayed on with the lakers three different through, staffs through all of these different staffs because every time they change a staff that organization says yeah but we gotta have this guy the character of this guy Claw because of throw. who he is you've got to have him right so you got to have mark madsen there and then the new coach comes in and goes oh yeah I got to have that guy here. He would bring instant credibility. He would bring the ability to develop big guys that could go play in the NBA. And he's out on the recruiting trail. He's like, hey, I'm Mark Madsen. You know what? You know who one of my best friends is? Shaq. You want, like, him to, want me to get him on the phone? <laughs> like, you, I, I have sat at, at, the, at the dinner table with Mark and, and his mom, Orlando, and, and heard stories about Shaq and Mark when he was early in his career. Instant credibility and one of the best human beings I know. So you wouldn't, you wouldn't lose there. Barrett Peary, who's a very good friend. Barrett... He brings this great knowledge of X's and O's and this great tie to the JC game because of a lot of experience there. BYU needs a Tyrell Day, a Keena Young, a Travis Hansen to, to, to be able to plug in um, to make these voids that are lost by guys going out early not feel like and, they're so de- detrimental to the scene and, right, and all of that. Yeah. Barrett's tied into that, and Barrett has done an unbelievable job wherever he's been. And he's been in the big time you know, stages and assistant at Arizona State, um, uh, at Utah uh, when they were pretty good. He has had to adapt his style to because of where he's been. Oh, you know what? We're going to play up-tempo this year. Oh, guess what? This year we're going to have to play defense. I, I think that Barrett is a very good X's and O's coach, understands BYU and the yeah. culture because he's from here, from in pace, and, and he, he brings a lot. And he's a heck of a, a great guy as well. And, and then we, we, we talked about Quincy at the beginning. 
I think Quincy would change. Stylistically, he's not exactly the same no, as, as Dave No, it Rose. would be different. Right. And, and, and Quincy understands how to work inside of BYU. Um, but I think Quincy would also have to have a mindset of, we got to go get one or two guys from the JC ranks, or we got to go find a grad transfer, or can we go to Europe and find somebody? And I was thinking maybe Lee Kumar, with his experience over there, could be a guy as an assistant that could tap into that market, the St. Mary's and Gonzaga. Uh, but but they can't just keep doing what they're doing recruiting wise, and and because something just changed, and that is guys go the really good players going out early. Not to the NBA, but to go play in Europe, Just which is to play professional which is, anywhere. Which, which is a new development. The last few years, it yes. started with Eric, and it's and, and it's been very disruptive. The starting lineup last year should have been Eric at the five, Yoli at the four, Elijah Bryant at the three, TJ or Nick at the two and one, and then all these young guys, Baxter. Should have been just coming off the bench and learning how to play Jake ball. Jake Toulson could have been in the starting Toulson lineup as well, by the way. Absolutely, if he doesn't transfer. And 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 then uh, you look at a guy like Harding, who would have a chance to develop. I, I think that Baxter and Harding would be really, really good players. Agreed. But they were forced into action way sooner than they should have because the void left by guys leaving. Man, this is a different time. And I just keep thinking about 9-21 and 21 in Steve Cleveland's final year, and they hire an assistant from that staff. Okay, where was the – there was no social media back then, so there wasn't like this huge public outcry. It just kind of was off the radar, very different this time around. Blaine, what are your expectations for next season without knowing right now who the new head coach is? Well, and, and I've told you, I think that any one of these guys is going to put their stamp on it and be fine. And I'm not just saying that to be a Pollyanna. This is, this is a really qualified group of four guys. But, but, but whoever it is, they've got great guards to work with, to start with. Every show that we did this year, we go meet with the opposing coach at shoot around, and every one of them goes, Well, we just can't stay in front of TJ Haas. Can't stay in front of him. He not he he breaks our defense down. We gotta figure out a way to stay in front of him and recover to the shooters. Problem last year was is they weren't knocking down shots. I feel like Nick Emery makes a big step in being more consistent. Now that he's here the whole offseason and things have settled and some of the stuff's behind him. I feel like Connor Harding's going to become the shooter he was in high school. Now another year removed from his mission. Gavin Baxter's going to show you his ability to stretch the floor a little bit and finish at the rim. And, and the one that I would watch him practice every time I'm going, man, this guy doesn't miss shots, is Jesse Wade, who's going to now step in and help. He's the guy that if TJ, and I was looking for this guy last year, if TJ breaks the defense down and they help off the guard line and you kick it out to Jesse Wade, the shot's going down so now you got to think oh we can't help so aggressively off of the shooter because they got a shooter out there I also think Connor Harding can become that kind of the guy so I'm really excited about the guard line but I feel like there's work to be done you know the, the open time starts here at the end of April where they can go out and recruit there are some JC kids out there who didn't already commit that needed to get an associate's degree so the really big time programs didn't commit to them because they weren't ready right now or there's a european there's somebody out there that they need to go get to help up front on that front line whether it's a grad transfer a european player a jc guy i feel like they've got to add some pieces to that front line to complement that guard line and if they do i think that they can get back to that 21 plateau and be really really good next year there's one scholarship open as of now Assuming that everyone else right, stays, right? And so there could, and there could be another. There could be another player that goes. Ah, I'm not. You know, it's pretty clear to me that 
with this new staff that I don't have a prominent role. I'm going to transfer. So they may have a couple of spots open. That's what's tough is it's there is so much uncertainty. Yeah. And, and, and that's, why, that's why this week is important because because um, April starts heavy, heavy recruiting time again, right? So name the coach this you, week you, you, I and feel get like after you, it. I feel like you got to put somebody in the place and let them assemble a staff so they can get out here in April and really make it happen because there's some pieces missing for next year, but they're pieces that can be filled. And if those things are filled – Basketball is one on the guard line, right? So, and 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 here's the thing about basketball: you can turn things around pretty quickly. In football, especially here with missions and all that, and you got to have thirty some guys that can play, not just twenty two, thirty some guys that can play. I really like where they're going to be next year because some of these freshmen sophomores are now going to be in basketball. If you've got two great players and three decent players, you're good. If you have three great players, you're a top twenty team. Now, if you're, if you're if you're like this school's playing, you, know, you have four or five. But look at the Texas Tech's recruiting class; those are five way overachievers that are going to start for them tonight. You know, so once in a while, magic happens. But you only need three great players to be to be really good. And so it's they're they're a piece or two away from being really good. But that's something you can fix quickly. And I love the recruiting ability of all the guys that, that we just talked about today. Every one of these guys can go out and find those pieces. They've all got credibility. They've all got experience. And th- this is going to be fun. My dream team is can we just get can we get a couple of them on staff? Yes, please. <laughs> can we or, get one as no. a head coach and then the other yeah, as an or, assistant? Or, or then, let, but but say Mark Pope gets it. Does Mark Madsen go take the UVU job? Or does Quincy Lewis go take the Utah Valley job? job? Mm. I mean, let's get all these guys on the staff. Can we get all (laughs) of them on the staff? Hand them some goggles. That's not that easy, right? (laughs) That's not that easy. I would love that. You paying the salaries? (laughs) So I'll have I'll have a talk with Mark or Mark if they don't get the job. See if we can get that coaching circle's got to expand quick. Yes. Thanks, Blaine. Great stuff. How would each, coming up? How would each coaching candidate sell themselves to BYU? We'll explain. Plus, on a scale of one to Jimmer, what's your excitement level for the reported finalists for the BYU coaching job? This is BYU Sports Nation. This is Phoenix Suns Jimmer, Shanghai Sharks Jimmer, Westchester News. Let's keep it rolling, BYU Sports Nation, and get right back into it. You missed the headlines? Not to worry, because we're going to do it again right now. Sione Takitaki on the BYU football beat. Ranked 109th, according to Pro Football Focus, and their top 250 big board for the 2019 NFL Draft. Zach Hicks of the DraftWire reporting Taki Taki has scheduled visits with the Miami Dolphins and Los Angeles Rams. The 24th-ranked Bad Cats lost 6-5 in 10 innings Friday night on a controversial call to plate, then won 17-4 Saturday at San Diego. Saturday, Jackson Clough, 4-for-4. Four four. Grand Slam, nine RBIs, finished a triple short of the cycle. Unbelievable. Clough was just named a Collegiate Baseball National Player of the Week. Cougars host Utah tomorrow night, 8 Eastern on BYU TV Digital. That means the app and BYUtv.org and BYU Radio. Can you imagine if he hit for the cycle, too? <laughs> that, would have been a, that would have pushed it over the top to Maybe. me for the greatest like, uh, single crazy. performance of the season. BYU softball won both games of a doubleheader against LMU to win a weekend West Coast Conference Series. On Saturday, Taylee Williams headlined the wins with three RBIs in the doubleheader. The Cougars take on Utah State tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern. And the Cougarettes took home the Division One A National Championship at the NDA Collegiate Dance and Cheer Championships in both jazz and hip-hop. The Cougarettes have won 19 national titles since 1997. The road to a second national championship for BYU football starts in how many days? What? Countdown to the youths. 143. In case you were wondering. 
143 days away. <laughs> oh, these national, national championship goggles are Blue amazing. Goggle will BYU go for the first three games? Three wins? That's more. Just yeah. win the first. I know. Just win, win the first. Win the first, and then we'll justify yes, some losses after just that. Win the first. <laughs> Our question of the day on the BYU basketball beat How would you best explain your level of excitement? Over the reported final four BYU head coaching candidates. That's Steve Wozniak answers on Facebook. I'm hoping it's Mark Madsen or Mark Pope. If not them, then Barrett Peary. Hopefully Quincy Lewis will stay on as an assistant. His time will come as a head coach in the college ranks. Like I said, I I think Dave Rose changed the standard here um, to where, hey, we want to get back to the NCAA tournament. And so I think BYU is more in the mix for a guy who's been a head coach. Two of those candidates are are the case in college. Mark Madsen was a head coach of the G League, then D League team, the LA Defenders back in 2013. But he's been with the Lakers for the last six years. Now, granted, the Lakers have not been the best team the last six years, but his his resume is extremely strong. Um, And then... Quincy, I think, if this is like 2005 and he's in Dave Rose's situation, he could get the job. But I think he's probably the odd man out with this because of the lack Which, of head coaching experience at the college or above level. The, the circumstances are tough for right. Quincy. They really, I think Quincy's I think it's, a good coach. I think he's, it's almost unfair, but it is what it is. I think he's going to be a head coach in college. I, I just don't think it's BYU right now. He's ready to be a head coach right now yeah. somewhere, Division One. No, he's a so, quality I mean, head coach, absolutely. Steve on Facebook says his time will come. He's ready. Like, he could be a head coach at the divisional level and be awesome. And if it was at BYU, I would be fully on board with that. I really would. And I think BYU will name this guy this week. I think it happens this week. Yeah, well, yeah, I, <laughs> I hope so. But what I've come to learn is that BYU, sometimes you have to add like three or five, three to four to five more days from well, when we think it's going to happen. <laughs> the report from Vegas Defoe said that part, the HR part, the ecclesiastical Let's part go. is, is done. Go. So now they can go. Okay. Hashtag BYUSN, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Coming up, what BYU athlete abandoned their game plan and still won over the weekend? What would each of these finalists say if they were to pitch their status as a potential head coach to all of BYU Sports Nation? Well, we take on the BYU head coaching candidate role play next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the latest BYU Sports Nation right now, how to cope with losses. Check it out on Facebook, Twitter, IGTV, and YouTube. Ah, yes. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Wherever and however you are connected, great to have you with us. We are super excited about what we're going to do next, which is role play. If each of the BYU head basketball coaching candidates had the opportunity to pitch their story and their resumes to all of BYUSN, what would they say? How would it sound? We're going to attempt. Jerem, you are Mark Pope. I'm tall. Should you be the head coach of BYU basketball? First off, I've been at BYU. I know what it takes. Uh, I know and love the school. I've been preparing myself for this job. In fact, I left so I could I could come back. Okay, I'm a national champion. I don't know if you knew this. I was Pac-12 freshman of the year at Washington. Then I played at Kentucky. Rick Pitino's my guy. I played in the NBA. I'm extremely connected. Okay, I know Mark Matson is connected in the NBA. I'm connected as well. I've been building Utah Valley from very little to 48 wins the last two years. That's more than BYU's had the last two years, right? Whack player of the year last season. I can develop players. I've got great connections with uh, transfers, 
JC, uh, we can bring in guys that can help plug and play in uh, outside of kind of the normal BYU athlete. I've been in the SEC and ACC as an assistant coach as well. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. Plus, my wife was the assistant for uh, David Letterman. How's that for flavor? I quit med school to coach. I'm smart. Let's go. If you can't get on board for the David Letterman bit, then I don't know. Uh, do you have a pulse? Here's the top ten reasons. <laughs> okay, Spencer. Yes. You're Mark Matson, except I think you dance better than Mark. Uh, thank you. Why should you be the head coach at Brigham? Uh, Jerem, I have letters of recommendation from Shaquille O'Neal. Shaq. Kobe Bryant. Phil Jackson, who is the Zen master and won how many NBA championships? Zero with the Knicks as a GM. 11 (laughs) NBA championships. Oh, and Kevin McHale thinks I'm ready to be a head coach. I just handed all four of those letters of recommendation to the, the important people at BYU. How can you say no to that? Also, I've been to a Final Four in the last two decades. I was a top four player of the year candidate at Stanford. I've also been a professional head coach. I know it was the G League, but I have been a head coach of professional basketball players. I know how to deal with multiple personalities. And I've stuck on three different coaching staffs in Los Angeles. Every time the Lakers hired a new coach, they wanted me to stick around. Why? Because I know what I'm doing and because they know they can trust me and my basketball knowledge. Who wants this job more than me? Who else has their mom sending letters to members of the media stating all of my credentials? I want it that bad. I should be the next head coach at BYU. Correction on something I said earlier. Apparently, Mark Madsen is a first-row assistant coach now, which means he's a more high-profile assistant as opposed to like – the fourth through sixth guy. Now, right? when he started with the Lakers, he was the second row, yeah, but has worked his way up. First row is very different than second row. Okay, he's one of Luke Walton's right hand men. Not for long. <sighs> yeah, unfortunate. Or that is he? Would he stay again? No, perhaps I, he's made it through three coaching. Perhaps <laughs> coaching right? staff changes not might not Luke. get to a fourth. Luke's going to be out of a job soon. <laughs> yeah, might not. Perhaps be Luke. not. Mark might not be Luke, but whoever the new head coach at LA is. Probably will ask Mark Madsen to stick on. Jerem, you are Barrett Peary. Convince me yes, why you should be the BYU head basketball coach. First off, I've got the best lettuce of any of the candidates. Without question. Oh, my hair is unbelievable. Quinn Snyder-esque. Okay, exactly. This job has never gone to a former NBA player or great player who changed the program. Okay, It's gone to the hardworking, kind of off-the-radar guys. I'm one of those guys. It's built on tremendous people who love the school and knew how to win there. I'm that guy. That's me. I'm from Payson. I'm 48. I've prepared my whole life for this situation. In and around BYU, waiting for this opportunity. Southern Utah as an assistant. Snow, Utah Valley, Portland State. Multiple JCs. I have great connections at that level that can help. And we've seen the impact that some of those guys have had here. Arizona State, Santa Clara in the WC against BYU recently. And now I've been the head coach of Portland State the last two years where I won 20-plus two seasons ago. I'm a player's coach. I'm great to work with. And did I mention my hair? It's great. I, it's it's <laughs> some of the best hair in all of college basketball. Plus, I've got a, a, a fun name that everyone will misspell. It's Barrett <laughs> with two R's, one T. Beret Perry. Perry? No, Peary. No, no, oh. it's Peary. Yeah. Yes. I've got okay. a unique name. All right. Let's keep this thing rolling. Okay, Spencer, you're Quincy Lewis. Not mm-hmm. the former Minnesota Badger, Utah Jazz NBA player, but you're Quincy Lewis, the assistant coach at BYU. Why should you have the job? BYU gave Dave Rose a chance to run his program in his way with his style after Steve Cleveland left with a 9-21 and record. They took a chance on a guy 
knowing that he came from a staff that went 9-21. and But what happened? He became the greatest basketball coach in BYU history. I'm ready to do that again. I'm ready to take it to the next level. Who understands the personnel at BYU better than me right now? I have coached them for the last three years. And I have coached certain individuals to the highest of levels when they were underneath me at the high school level. I can get the most out of these guys. And what people don't know about me is I have an extreme importance and emphasis on defense. At Lone Peak High School, everyone talks about the high-flying offenses. We played defense, and that's what we would do at BYU. I know what I have. I've excelled with that talent before. I've also been tutored by the greatest basketball coach in BYU program history, Dave Rose. They took a chance on him. You take a chance on me, and it will pay off in the biggest of ways. My name is Quincy Lewis, and this message is approved by me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm really intrigued by this group, and I, I said this a couple weeks ago. I think that this group of men's basketball coaching candidates is better than whatever the football coaching candidates would be. I think it's better. I think that BYU and Hoops has a better pool to draw from than in football, which is kind of surprising. All four of these guys, I think, take BYU to 20-plus wins next year. Any of them. Any of them. Any of the four. Yes. Hmm. I think it depends on how they schedule. And and maybe that's part of it. But I think BYU will win 20-plus games regardless of whoever, any of these four, 20-plus wins next year. I think we'll expect the NIT plus, will we not? Sure. Next year? Sure. Like, if you get don't get to, to the, the NIT in year one, we're going to say, okay, it was year one. No, no, get back to but, the NIT. There's enough yeah. talent in the cupboard that you should get to the NIT. So it, there's some pressure to come in and win right away. Okay, coming up, Sione Takitaki's draft stock rises, and Bronson Kafusi signs a contract. Plus, Lauren Ellsworth, get her name right, had an outstanding weekend. It's not Ellensworth. She gives us words to live by in a rise and shout out. This is BYU Sports Nation. Bro, flow track under the bus. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on a Monday. Fantastic show. Big thanks to Blaine Fowler and all four of the BYU basketball head coaching candidates. If you missed any of today's show, you can download the podcast. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Or go to BYUSN.com. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. Sione Takitaki is ranked 109th on the Pro Football Focus Top 250 Big Board for the NFL Draft. And Zach Hicks of the Draft Wire reports Takitaki has scheduled visits with the Dolphins and Rams. Baseball. The 24th-ranked Batcats lost 6-5 to in a controversial way in 10 innings on a Friday night, but responded big time. 17-4 on Saturday at San Diego. Jackson Clough, a perfect 4-for-4 four four at the plate. Grand Slam, 9 RBIs. Finished a triple short of the cycle. He was just named Collegiate Bas- Baseball National Player of the Week. Cougars host Utah, by the way, tomorrow. Vengeance match. 8 Eastern on BYU TV Digital and BYU Radio. Softball. The Cougars took two of three at LMU in the opening series of West Coast Conference play. BYU played, uh, will play their 36th consecutive road game tomorrow at Utah State before the home opening series Friday and Saturday in Provo. Athletics News. The Cougarettes. Took home the Division 1A National Championship at the NDA Collegiate Dance and Cheer Championships in both the Jazz and Hip Hop Divisions. The Cougarettes have now won a total of 19 national titles since 1997. It's at the NDA. They can't talk about it. Former running back Vaisek Hamo is called as an Area Authority 70 in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints Saturday. Sekhamo played for BYU from 1980 to 85 in the NFL, and then in the NFL from 86 to 93. 
Gymnastics. Number 17, BYU Gymnastics, scoring a 195.550. They take fourth place in session one of the second round of the NCAA Regionals last Friday. Junior Shannon Evans finished third on the floor with a 9.875. And Elodie Cyrene tied for first on uneven bars with a 9.9. Jimmer! Fredad did not play Friday for the Suns against the Pelicans. Then he played five minutes yesterday against Houston, going 0 of 1 from 3 with a rebound and an assist in the Suns' 149-113 loss to the Rockets. Cougars in the NFL. Bronson Kafusi signs his exclusive rights free agent tender with the New York Jets. Kafusi played in three games with the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets last season. Track and field. Lauren Ellsworth took first in the women's 800-meter premier heat with a time of 202.49, earning her an NCAA leading mark and fourth best in BYU history. Erica Burke-Jarvis won the 1500-meter heat with a career best of 413.57. Also tops in the NCAA so far this season and third fastest in BYU history. The men's side finished with three top five finishes in the mile. Soccer. BYU women's soccer beat Utah 2-1 to one in an exhibition Saturday night with goals from Cameron Tucker and Bella Felino. Tennis. Number 33 men's team swept San Francisco 4-0, finishing the home schedule with a perfect 12-0 record. Nicely done. And the women fell 4-1 to Santa Clara, moving their record to 10-7 on the season. Today's rise and shout-outs. First of all, for me, goes to an outstanding tweet from our friend and colleague, David Nixon, who pointed out that his father-in-law, who is not a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, while watching General Conference yesterday, was wondering the following. Why is Roger Goodell making a guest appearance this morning with a picture of Lloyd Newell on the screen? (laughs) There are some similarities for sure. Mine goes out to Lauren Ellsworth. We mentioned what she did, fourth fastest time in BYU history in the 800. She didn't follow the race plan. She was supposed to wait and then take the lead. Later, it was too slow, so she just took the lead. And then at the very end, she was afraid Diljeet Taylor would get mad or coach. So she said, quote, I better frickin' win this, end quote. And Love it. She, and she did. And she did. Our question of the day. How would you best explain your level of excitement over the reported Final Four BYU head coaching candidates for basketball? Our elite tweet of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort celebrating 50 years. Jaker Kemp. I would liken my excitement level onto walking into a class for the first time and realizing there are several highly attractive people in there, and then anxiety sets in, and I have to somehow convince them that I might make a good eternal companion. <laughs> what? Sorry, Dennis Pitta. Shout out to Ben Saylor. See you tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation.